as an energy reader, do you feel like your energy is something you need to protect? Yeah, I mean, it's something that if I do a lot of readings in a day or something, I have my methods for clearing that energy out. Like I'll I'll take off my shoes and socks and go walk in some sort of moving body of water or something like that. The Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Welcome to this week's episode of the Butterfly Podcast with me, your host, Emily Autobly. And today we're talking to artist and word of mouth tour wayward man, Lewis Neef. Uh, he is the creator of the Mercury Oracle and also a YouTuber traveling around trying to find his way. So welcome, Lewis. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, background context, everyone. I met this man on Tinder. His bio specifically said not looking for anything, just working on an art project, trying to meet people. And I was like, this sounds like a great, great thing for you. Great thing for me. So um, here's a platform. And let's just like talk about your journey and what you're up to. Yeah, let's chop it up. Like, where do we even start? I don't know. So maybe explain to everyone like, where were you at when you were like, I'm going to go on this artist tour? Yeah, so I'm about two years into a journey of creating my own divination system, uh, a wayfinding system. So people think of me as a fortune teller. I don't like that term necessarily because there's a level of charlatanism that kind of comes with that. You know, telling someone's fortune isn't necessarily real but I do help a lot of people find their way and I tend to just go through my day-to-day and I'll I'll bombard people like if I have a feeling that someone should have a card you know I'll walk up to them and be like you want to pull a card and then usually they're like you know um and then they're on their way so um I started this tour um I left Boulder two weeks ago I had a warehouse space up in the foothills there. It was really nice. It was like $450 a month. I was living alone. I had an artist community. It was really beautiful, but I found myself being really, really comfortable. Um, And, you know, that's not the greatest space for growth. It was just pure comfort and all of that. And so I kept reading my cards and I actually had this, um i call them overlays i have these weird things where i'll see something almost like ar kind of like overlay current reality and i saw that um i was driving home i think that it was it was kind of a couple things that i was seeing like my life burning down and then also i saw the warehouses that i was in burning down and i I got really freaked out i read my cards and they were all had to do with like fire um, fire is a great metaphor for change too. It takes all of the other elements and takes anything that it comes across and transforms it. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I was like, should I warn my studio mates? And, That's a really positive way to look at fire. I would sometimes say fire can be just destructive, but yeah. Right. But ultimately in like the larger scheme of things, like I'm a fire sign and it's like, I have my understanding of it is it changes things. If you look outside of like the time span, like forests burn down and they regrow um, that kind of thing. But, and like some trees, you always hear about those trees that reseed through fire, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. So actually a couple of days ago, 
the place caught on fire and i was like holy shit you know the, the there's a mexican restaurant in the warehouses that i was in and it, it burned down um so i don't know if that's what i was seeing and boulder's always on fire so whatever so i i just felt like i needed this this energy of transformation and i think that traveling is good for that and so i'm leaving it open i don't really have a home to go home to um i'm just going to keep going until i've managed to establish a lot of things yeah okay so let's go back can you explain to everyone listening like what is the mercury oracle when you when you say like i'm pulling cards or i walk up to people and i hand them a card if i feel like they need it like is it like a tarot deck uh is it more like runes like could you explain that yeah, it's a big brick paper. It's 88 cards. Uh, and it's really funny. Um, I do a lot of channeled work. I mean, a lot of artists do, a lot of poets do and stuff. You know, when you find something good, it kind of just comes through you. And it's got 88 cards. And I just realized uh, Mercurian year, it takes 88 days to get around the sun, which I thought was really oh. cool. So uh, I really like to do research and read and all these things. And so I've kind of just instilled all of my wisdoms into one thing, the way that I already approach and think about the world. Um, and I illustrated them. I wrote a 110 page book. Uh, I designed the packaging for it and all of that. And so it's just a, it operates like tarot, but it's its own thing. I've never seen anything quite, quite like it. Oracles themselves are usually kind of cheesy. Like we've all seen them and it's like, <laughs> angel or your fairy or like your alien or whatever and i didn't use any of that i use a lot of uh i have a background in design that i picked up just from trying to survive as an artist you know um that's uh pretty robust uh and so i use a lot of like gestalt and things like that so they're based off of um the cards themselves aesthetically are based off of um uh, 60s psychology books and things like that i took a lot of uh, uh, that's cool. yeah and so they feel pretty timeless they feel old but new at the same time um and there's a lot of really tried and true cosmologies that are in there um astrology uh chinese medicine things like that um and at the same time there's a lot of uh contemporary techniques to do strange things in there if you really go into it they work at the metaphor level but at the same time every single one of the cards in there you can go learn about how to do these like magical practices mm -hmm. could you like show us some of the like yeah or take us through like how you how you do a reading um and maybe talk about like that i mean that's the whole journey right is if you're like doing readings for people like anyone who's listening you can book a session with lewis on instagram and so is that just an in-person thing wherever you are? Is it an online thing? And then how does it work? This is like yeah, all of the above. People just contact me from all over the place. People from Reddit get a hold of me sometimes. People, friends and family, you know, it's it's just all again, there's a lot of word of mouth stuff um that goes on. Um but yeah, there's no one way to do it. That's the beautiful thing about the system too. It's the Mercury Oracle, it's very Mercurian, and so it, it tends to be super flexible anyways in the way that it the cards are read. And so I try to reflect that in the way that I approach the work that I do. I try not to have that much of a set structure that I adhere to if it needs to change. Um 
yeah, it's kind of a lengthy answer for that question. <laughs> you know, call me on the internet. It doesn't really matter. But <laughs> this thing is so cool. Just making this thing has changed my life. Like uh, I designed all of the packaging and everything for it. Oh, it's um, so pretty. I've been, yeah, I've been like getting gigs doing packaging on the side, which is really wonderful. Um, which is just like another great thing that's come out of this. But the deck here, pretty thick deck. Um, I mean, it's square. I don't know what to they say look about like, it. Should we do? They a, look like really cute coasters. Like each one of them individually, I feel like could be its own design. <laughs> like you should make this into coasters. I'm like probably should, but I don't think I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Is uh, this the only deck that exists in the world, or have these been produced for people to purchase? These are the only decks that exist in the world. I'm traveling until I. Um, am able to produce 4,000 of them. I think I might be able to now, honestly, with the amount of, of people that are on board, but I want to try to even get it further down the road. If I can uh, raise enough dough or when I raise enough dough, it'd be nice to turn this into a publishing company. Um, I like doing print work. And so um, then I can get this to more people and I can help more people find their way. So how do you do a reading? I know like typical tarot, sometimes people just pull like three cards. They're like, this is your past, present, future. Sometimes it's more complicated. They'll pull like 10, 14 cards. How do you like to do it? Yeah, so actually, um, again, it's it's pretty free form, but I did build in a mechanic. Uh, my My brother is a board game enthusiast he's got hundreds and hundreds of board games and so of course like i'm constantly playing board games with him right through that i realized like oftentimes these games will have this mechanic where the if you're map building the tiles will dictate how the map is built um and so i built that into it so every time there is a card they're all they all have descriptions right on them like this one has a it says go through the mirror um uh, or there's place cards that are all, I think that's the only one that's not a place card that has that. Um, so let me see if I can find one real quick. But when you pull those, that's what dictates a spread. And so you kind of just make it up as you go until you pull one of these. So this is like a tunnel, right? Go down the tunnel. Yeah. So you would build a tunnel. What's on this side of the tunnel? Oh. In the tunnel whatever is on the other side of the tunnel so i thought that was fun i've never seen that before in, in a system um but if you'd like you could ask it a question and we can see how it functions okay um what kind of question like a yes or no question you can ask yes or no questions um uh what i typically do when i do a reading is i'll just lay cards out and then i will tell you where you're at Right. It's like a place that I don't have any sort of discussion beforehand. I like okay. to be as impartial as possible because then I'm just purely reading yeah. instead of trying to take what I know already and impose it on there. Um, we don't have to do that today. This will be fun because you have no idea who I am. This is our first ever conversation. Yeah. So if you want to, you can ask a question in your head, whatever it is. Um, I use this deck. I travel with it to teach people one core lesson, at least to begin with. I mean, there's a lot of lessons to be learned, but um, I have a spiel. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. And Tell us. There's no pressure, but I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Uh, the, the spiel. <laughs> the questions or the quality of the questions that we ask always dictates the quality of the answers that we receive. If we ask a brave question, 
we get an expansive answer, right? If you ask a, a question based in fear, you'll get a much smaller answer. But I've learned that asking different types of questions can be a key to opening a lot of doors, right? So I'll, I will sit, I use this thing constantly. And when I sit with my questions, I'll, I'll oftentimes reformulate them until I, I actually feel something change within me, which is like, well, you're being kind of being kind of cowardly in your questions, ask a bigger question, I'll ask a bigger question and the readings will totally change because I'll get the same cards for like weeks sometimes, you know, it's like the yeah. same reading over and over and over until I come at it from a place of, of expansive growth, right? But no pressure. I mean, you literally ask in anything <laughs> of a polio card because... Okay, so I guess I'll be vulnerable here. So my first question was like, am I... Wait, don't tell me, and I'm going to pull oh. it, and then we'll discuss it. We oh, can okay, okay. It, so well, let me, I feel like my first thought is kind of like a low level, what am I really wondering? Honestly, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay, it's okay, I got fine. it. That's whatever you want. You got a card that represents, oh, you got a spread, okay. You got a card that represents a time of introspection, needing to go inward, right? When we observe the observer, that's this card. This was a term that I picked up from a guy that's uh, I've found to be really influential on my thinking. Um, his name is Jiddu Krishnamurti. Um, and it's a Buddhist concept. They talk about it a lot, but I picked it up from this guy. He says that when we observe the observer, we realize that the observer is not separate from the observed and so what that means is that all of the things that we observe as outside of us our problems our thoughts our fear they're not separate from us right we're all one thing so then you got a bridge card which is a place card so we're going to go over the bridge to figure out what this bridge is so you're let's see where that place went all of these cards are super beautiful. Like anyone that's listening to this, if you're doing audio only, like you need to jump on YouTube and look at these cards because they are just really adorable and colorful and well-designed. Good job. Thanks. Thank you. So water, it's a bridge over water and there's a sky above it. Air, the element of air always represents intellect. Uh, the water right in poetics and other things water always represents emotional states so we'll see what's in your emotions <laughs> some sort of like breakthrough upheaval you got the uranus card which is a really intense like sudden radical change card it also has to do with like technology and creativity i imagine in this context that has something to do with like a breakthrough and your intellects um, maybe you're trying, let me see. In your intellect, there's a, uh, you're trying to have faith in yourself, I would say, and in your solidarity, perhaps, um, moving forward on the other side of the bridge. It's like courage. I wish I had like a mirror or something. I, could I know. You. I wish I could see it. <laughs> yeah. So what it looks like is 
perhaps you're coming from a place of looking inward and trying to look at your whatever problems are going on. Let me see. Let's clarify that. Do a full spread for you. Yeah. Yeah, you got two meditation cards. That's like the only two in the deck, right? They're both chilling meditation. And your bridge. Let's see what this breakthrough is. Yeah, through communicating. Maybe this is, I don't know, communicating through technology or communicating something to bring some sort of breakthrough. Above you is maybe uh, wanting to be, uh, I see three people that are a singular, like uh, solidarity. What's coming through? I got the do not forget to be yourself and then the surrender card, which is having faith in, in the universe and having faith in oneself. But when I read the images, there's three of the same people. In the future, what you've got, if you do go over the, this bridge, is you have uh, that fire energy that we were kind of talking about, transformation. You see a lot of transformation in this. And then um, kindness. So being kind to yourself and transparency, transparency, being transparent. So that's, yeah, whatever is going on here. Yeah, do the, you need to be open and honest about whatever it is that's in your emotional space and in your and your want to be singular. I don't know that. Wow. That was very specific. So let's talk about your question. I have a question about who are these three three figures? What does this what does that mean? Oh, so I was just clarifying above you in your mental space you got beer you got the do not forget card when i get the do not forget card it's asking it's really wants you to know something so that's another mechanic that's in there when i pull this it's like hey i really want this person to know this and you got the be yourself card being yourself can mean either being alone like being outside of romantic relationships or being um being yourself outside of the context of what other people want for you and then you got the faith card, right? This is the surrender card. So I was just looking at the images and it's one person, one person, and then that one person. Um, how do I feel about this all? Well, I would say it's pretty on point actually, because I've been contemplating a lot in my life um, and moving towards <laughs> like, uh, Moving towards like being alone doesn't necessarily mean loneliness and finding a lot of comfort in my solitude, actually. I feel like I used to be afraid of it. Now I'm kind of embracing it. Like, especially lately, it seems like no one's company can compete with my solitude because um, I, I like my energy. But also like trusting in the universe that resonates with me as well, because lately I've been trying to figure out like, I feel like there's change upon the horizon and I don't necessarily know if I'm like ready for it or comfortable with it. Um, like what that looks like and what that means. But I, what you said earlier about being comfortable and, and knowing that like complacency is not really where growth happens is kind of how I feel too. I would almost say like a plant that's outgrown its pot perhaps is how I feel. Yeah, bust out. But I'm also clinging to, I'm clinging to the comfort of everything I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not to. 
really hard not to. Yeah, but what that amounts to is like thinking about moving, but like scared Mm -hmm. of change. (laughs) Yeah, no, the universe is really funny because I've had all these excuses over the years. It's like, I know I want to be like physically somewhere else, like doing different things uh, but I have all these excuses over the past years I'm like well all my friends are here you know like I'm getting a niece soon um this job I feel like the universe has slowly like taken all these things away from me which has been like kind of hard but it's also like um I'm running out of excuses well whatever it is on the other side of this bridge is <laughs> it uh you've got a transformative energy you've got that fire energy and uh kindness energy so just being kind to yourself uh, through that process i would say is probably what that's talking about wow thank you so much for the reading this is good advertisement for anyone who else, who wants a reading like you know proving <laughs> do you charge for your readings typically or is this just like a kindness of your heart trying to help people on their way because money is a real thing that exists that we need in the world like you can't you know just live your life doing favors for people um i definitely don't work for free in like a the context of like if i'm gonna sit down with someone and do heavy energy work for like an hour like if you're friends and family like absolutely if i do markets and things like that i always let people pull like a card um it generates a lot of interest and actually is very helpful for people Mm -hmm. um but yeah i definitely charge money for (laughs) for what i do um i should charge more probably i work with people as well if if someone is in you know dire straits and they don't have a great amount of money i let people oftentimes honestly i set let people set their own price i I set a minimum um or say like this is what people usually pay me this is what happens because sometimes i've noticed that it evens out i do that with my artwork as well with my print work um i'm flexible in pricing and what'll happen is someone will buy something for 15 and it's suggested at 25, but then someone else will buy another one for like 60, $70. And so it's like, you know, there's a ebb and flow and, and a balance to all of that. So I kind of just um, make it up as I go most of the time. Um, yeah. Give me lots, give me lots of dough if you can, if you can't, <laughs> you know, we, we'll talk about it. <laughs> That's always really fun. I love trading people things. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. Bartering is fun. So I found you on Tinder. Has that been a successful avenue for you in kind of like digitally word of mouth spreading this or what, what platforms have you found are the most successful for you in sharing this? Uh, just going out in the world is probably the best way to do it. I'm really hopeful for the YouTube thing. I haven't launched it yet. Um, I'm working on, I've been editing the film for the last couple of days or like the first one. Cause it's like a, um, it kind of explains everything, you know? So it's taking a little longer than I imagine the future ones will take. Um, but Tinder was a funny one. I kind of got on there as a, as a joke. I was with, I was with my buddy, Michael, and I was just like, let's do it. It was just, this, I wasn't even thinking about it. You know, I was like, let's do this. Let's see what the, what that world is. Um, Cause I don't typically use dating platforms and things, you know, I have no trouble meeting folks and, and opening doors I have. A, I'm pretty good at making connections in the real world. I think that's one of my talents. Um, and it was interesting. I've met a couple of people. I met a woman named Maddie, uh, couple days ago 
um, went for a walk in the forest and she was an artist as well. And so uh, I gave a reading for her on this, like had to crawl up on this giant log and it was over this, cause we were trying to find a flat surface, you know, on this walk um, over in West Seattle, there's a beautiful park. So that was really nice. She took my photo and, and, you know, was doing her art and I showed her the cards and gave her a reading. That was, that was fun, you know, but yeah. for the most part, I deleted Tinder this morning because it's, oh. <laughs> it's such dark energy. If we're going to be honest, like Tinder is whatever you make it. But at the same time, there's uh, a, a level of mistrust that has been cultivated for good reason. And you know what I mean? Like the, it's a whole other world. Um, so yeah, I just deleted it. Cause I was like, you know, it started to feel weird. A lot of the interactions, you know, a lot of people are just looking to take something and not bring anything, or there's a lot of people that dis like engage your interest and then just disappear. There's a lot of people that want something that, you know, I mean, it's, it's like the real world, but there's, they're it's like a million miles away so people get away with whatever they're <laughs> trying to do a lot That's, of personalities on there too that is know? a great way to describe it it's dark energy it's avoidant energy it it's is avoidant. hiding behind yeah I like read this study that was talking about the average attachment styles of people on dating apps and it's like tips so far towards like the avoidant attached style <laughs> yeah I'm totally the other way too like I can be shy in that world you know I'm like I tend to be the guy either at the party that's just like like I remember I went to this party not too long ago and I got a contest going like a trick contest and people <laughs> like jumping off of things and like doing flips and you know, like yelling and everyone thought I was like drunk like they made me take a breathalyzer I blew like a zero zero you know? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just being, or I'll be the guy that's like, I'm pretty dynamic. And so whatever my mood is, I'll just sit at the wall and tell whoever's brave enough will come up to me, you know, tends to, yeah, it tends to always work out. I'll always meet some sort of character. So the avoidant stuff just does not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. No. Yeah. No, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm like, why am I on here? I just feel like I'm not going to get anything out of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But at the same time I met you. So I'm like, it, yeah, yeah. it served a purpose, you know, this time yeah. around. <laughs> for sure. For sure. There, there it's, it's fun for those things, you know? Um, yeah. But at the same time, I just caught myself. It's addicting too. I mean, you get on there and the first thing it does is like put you in front of everybody. It's like, there's a billion people looking at you right now. Yes. Let's look at this hottie. There's like, it's, <laughs> it's just so addicting. And so I caught myself looking at it and like, what's, you know. What's yeah, new? you're over overwhelmed <laughs> by choice for sure. Uh, right. And yeah, there's also this like attitude that's been cultivated like, well, the grass is always greener. So I'm not going to invest in like any one particular person. I'll put like all my eggs in all these baskets and then get like nothing out. Um, yeah, it's a weird experience. Yeah. And I think it really pushes this tendency for people to start relationships with one foot out the door anyways you know there's yes. already this tendency driven by technology for people to begin a relationship with just like i could find something else and it's like you know 
why are you <laughs> why are you doing that if you can have a fulfilling you know lovely time with this person like why are you asking yourself how you can leave you know yeah it's like always in the back of your mind always in the back of the mind as an energy reader do you feel like your energy is something you need to protect yeah i mean it's something that if i do a lot of readings in a day or something i have my methods for clearing that energy out like i'll I'll take off my shoes and socks and go walk in some sort of moving body of water or something like that. But for the most part, I mean, I haven't had anyone like attack me. I definitely do spirit work and things like that, where, you know, you have to be careful with what you're contacting and things like that. There's a lot of like tricksters out there, you know, and I was doing, I was actually for a, a year or so I was doing work with trickster spirits and, uh, I had no idea <laughs> I thought I was working with these very specific people. Um, when I say people, like spirits are people at the end of the day, when you're working with spirits, you're working with people, entities that are, that are smart, you know, unless you're working with like goetic spirits or something like that, which are more like animals. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> can you back up? What do you think happens when you die? Man? I mean, that's a tricky question. It depends on who you are okay today um a lot of people i mean it gets into kind of dark territory too i i think that the purpose of life is growth right yeah and there's a lot of a lot of traditions that have a very specific knowledge of how to grow things like your astral body and they all have different names for your astral body or you know what are all these different bodies that exist within you um and if you don't have those at all, if you haven't, the purpose of life is to grow a soul. Yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. The purpose of life is to grow a soul. And it takes many, 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 many lifetimes to grow a soul. And so I think the whole zombie mythology that kind of exists within all of us, I don't know if you've ever had zombie dreams, but when I first moved to Seattle, no, when I first moved to Seattle, um, when I was like 18, um, I only had, I had one dream that would pick up where it left off and it was this zombie apocalypse, but I, you know, I, so I've had a lot of time to kind of ruminate on it. And the more I've read and experienced um, the world, the more that I realize a lot of people are walking through this life totally asleep. And so when you're totally asleep and you don't have the ability to wake up, you typically, a lot of people don't have the other subtle bodies in them. And so it's Is like, this like, have you heard of non-playing characters? Like, is this kind yeah, of- Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, there's a lot of NPCs. Honestly, there's a lot of NPCs in the world, non, non-playable characters that don't have much i mean we've all experienced it there's not a lot going on and so i think that when some people die they've they've existed as entities on the earth or whatever they just kind of their existence is done they go back to the earth right ashes to ashes dust to dust but some some of us exist beyond death right if you have grown a soul you can live beyond death but if you don't have anything beyond your corporeal form what's going to happen you know i think we probably this state of existence to me probably feels like some sort of reduced state for 
death for the purpose of death. Where were we before? We were already dead. So you return and it's the only thing that's inevitable. And so we are literally, you know, dead in, in that way. We go back to whatever it was. What what happens beyond that? I don't know. I, I bet like DMT states and things can probably, uh, you know, illuminate maybe something that's going on on the other side if you're meeting all these entities that are existing in like a hyperdimensional space then that means that there is a hyperdimensional space all, all around us and we're living in some sort of neat world <laughs> like we're just at a frequency where we can't experience the other frequencies or something like that is that what you're talking about yeah where we're not we're not necessarily privy to everything else that's going on around us i mean a lot of if you've ever taken like LSD and seen a UFO or something like that, like there's a lot of reports of that where your, your, your ability to experience the world has changed drastically. And I think that's probably what happens. You know, you, you are experiencing a fuller world. Maybe it feels like whatever this existence is, is really close to the bottom. It's like super, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like super dense. And that's what they say. It's like we're right above that state of like chaos or the void or whatever. Like it's sitting right near the bottom level. I feel like you're the first person I've ever heard really like articulate that. But I've had that thought for a long time. Actually, I had this book idea a long time ago that was like a very high acid thought that like humans tend to think they're like superior to nature and animals and other things like that um that's like a zombie state though that's a sleep state yeah people that think that we're separate from all of that yeah okay. i agree yeah no it's not like a pyramid you know it's like we're all we're all connected right. but um i had this high acid thought like what if being a human is actually like your last stop or what if this is hell you know or like uh because i think a lot of times mainstream ideas of reincarnation would be like oh if i'm i know good is subjective but like if i'm a good whatever i'll come back as a human or something like what if no what if we're humans because you were dark in every other lifetime does this make sense uh so what if this is like the last stop before eternal damnation or i don't know like, oh, this is your last chance kind of thing you know oh. <laughs> yeah definitely i think it's definitely an experience for growth and I, I heard a monk talk about it in a way that it's like it's so close to heaven and so close to hell. It's a perfect place for growth because you're you're not going into you keep bringing comfort up, right? You're not going into that comfort, and you're just really close to slipping into the you know. And yeah. that, that it's like that it is a good place to. I mean, I I think about it like it's kind of the wild west on earth you know it's a crazy place to be it's a painful place to be it's a really joyful place to be and you know it's a place of of it's a place of death at the end of the day everybody that's ever come before you has died everything that's ever existed on the planet has died we're, we're all gonna die and so it's like this is a place to die over and over and over and over and over and over again so i don't know if there's a word for that the end of the day i should look i should look that up i wonder yeah I i've been really into reading about past life regression therapy i just think it's so interesting when someone whether they are or not 
remembering past lives to explain like this life's traumas you know you're like I don't know why I'm claustrophobic I don't know why I'm scared of heights or drowning like I've had no experience in this current life that would indicate why I feel that way um and like digging in with a therapist like through hypnosis and being like oh wow that like I died in this other life I think that's uh just as plausible as all these other uh religious impressions of like life and death and I don't know kind of brings me comfort in a strange way that um perhaps I'll have another try you know it's not YOLO I think YOLO like induces stress yeah I like I like YOLO though I like YOLO because (laughs) because at the end of the day you want to do this again like if you if you treat this like you have one life it's the only one that matters because it's the only one that is important right now because if you treat the future like it's real because the future isn't real the yeah future isn't real at all so you can treat it like oh you know i'll have another shot it's like well yeah sure but do you are you trying to keep coming back or do you want to learn the lessons now and live as fully as possible right mm-hmm. um, this guy that i really enjoy i try to turn a lot of people uh towards him you know you hear all of these mistakes you know osho and eckhart tolle and everybody they always point to this one dude his name was gi gurdjieff he was a really powerful figure and he says that as well he always refused to talk about reincarnation because he's like look it's not important at the end of the day it's like history repeating itself if you have to keep being reincarnated you're not learning what you need to learn you need to just be present and you know that's the lesson right be present in the void whatever this is um so you don't have to keep repeating existence over and over because you know do it now <laughs> do that's it now point. yeah yeah like live in the present you know i mean today is all we have <laughs> yeah today's all we have you never know yeah. okay so let's go back to you were working with tricksters for a year Oh, yeah. spirits. Uh, what's the context behind that? I was trying to do something really big and I did it. I did it really successfully, I, I would say. Um, and I needed help. And so I was doing, you know, I was reading books on how to do that kind of stuff. And I actually was looking to the voodoo tradition, but all of the books that I read didn't have the proper steps to do it. And so I kind of skipped the line and was trying to work with these entities and it's like it was foolish of me to do anyways because this is a it's a closed religion i looked into it later um and consulted with professionals and people i i don't want to say professionals but they were i mean they're 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 doing that work right and they're working with the entities that you work with when you work with voodoo there's a specific set of these things called loa which are spirits which are very powerful people that exist on the other side and assist on this side. And so I was doing a lot of like road opening work, crossroads work, that kind of thing. And um, it attracted a lot of spirits and it would it would show me things and teach me things, you know what I mean? Um, it was just like, draw this thing and something will happen, you know? And I was like, I draw it. And then I would find that symbol like months later and it's like, oh, that thing's a real thing. Wow. Um, so, it showed me a lot, but when I was like, okay, it's time to part ways, like things weren't good. It showed itself 
I saw it, I met it in this like dream state and I saw it for what it was. I thought I was interacting with this other thing. So whenever you do, you asked about um, connecting with ancestry or, or you, you wanted to talk about it. You know, I really started doing that work as a predominant work after attempting the voodoo stuff because, you know, the voodoo law or whatever and the the priestesses and things that i was talking to the mambo were like you know they see you and we want you to do work with us right um when you say working with them like what kind of state are you in how are they communicating with you how are you getting in contact with them to begin with Right. So it's the same, it's the same work that, uh, you do similar work that you do when you are, I actually have a little zine here. I've been given out the oh, dead, nice. the dead. <laughs> dead and you, and how do you, you do that? Right. So, um, you connect with yourself first through your ancestors. You connect with your ancestors. The, the metaphor of a family tree is really beautiful because, uh, the, you're at the end of that branch right? You're the culmination of billions of people and millions and millions of years or whatever, however, you know, large a number. And you kind of are all of them that are within you. And so when you do this work, you connect with them and you and are able to easily, more easily navigate the world in a way that's real and um, healing and growing growth oriented, I should say. Um, and it looks the same for uh, a lot of spirit work, which is you connect with them. I, I speak about them like they're people because they are people. And how do you, what's the best way to connect with somebody? Over some food, right? So when you're dead, you don't have, you don't have the same access to vices and food and the earthly stuff right we talk about earthly delights and things like yeah. that they're very specific to this place and so you offer them up you cook food you make coffee um you put out cigarettes and booze and whatever and then you do it at the same time every week right and so what happens when you're doing that, it's like a muscle, you start to be able to hear them, you start to be able to see them in your mind and whatever, you know, the things in your house start moving around, you know, pictures fall over, that kind of thing. And so, uh, and the more that you do it, the louder it becomes and the more prevalent it becomes and the more you're able to connect uh, with these energies and entities and, and people and stuff like that so it's foundational work i believe that everyone should do this because if you want to know yourself you have to know where you came from and your patterns and things like that and the things that need healing in the world because we owe it to our ancestors to live a much more fulfilled life a beautiful life we have all of the tools at our disposal we got tinder <laughs> just kidding. we got uh you know we have so we have access to so many resources we can fly around the world tomorrow if we want that's crazy right you yeah anywhere in the world yeah you, can, you know you can buy a, a computer and and make anything you can think of you can contact anyone you know so it's like we have a responsibility to use those things to grow into ourselves, to um, heal 
more than anything heal all of the traumas and things you know i come from uh, i'm the first generation on my mother's side to not work in a mine i don't have to i don't have to work in a mine my great grandfather uh died of the black lung like that's awful that's yeah. a terrible way to go right yeah. so he did that so he could establish a family here and and care for his family right at the end of the day so it's like well what am I going to do with my life? So now I'm traveling and making things and like that, yeah. that work is really important. It opens your life up. That's cool. Life. Yeah. We owe it to our ancestors to live like a softer life yeah. <laughs> of peace and healing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lao Tzu said was soft is strong, right? <laughs> yeah. I love That's that. True. Yeah. It's very, very true. So, um, so you've been able to connect with your own ancestors through these experiences. Do, and you, do you help other people connect with their ancestors? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I just teach the foundational work. It's pretty simple. You know, you set up an altar, you get photos and things that were connected with them. If they wore a watch every day and it, it has their energy in there, you know, you take that watch, you put it on the altar, you decorate it, you make it look magical. And then you do... I always tell people Monday at 11 because that's the start of a week, right? It's not the weekend. They have their own life going on. I don't know how time works on that side, whatever. <laughs> but if you have 11 a.m. 11 p.m. on a Monday, right? It's okay. the evening. And so you're starting the week and you have this kind of meeting um, with all of the coffee and things, offerings and whatever. The, the base goods needed are a white candle and spring water candles are super magical um spring water is nice and clean good to drink and um yeah if that's all you can do if that's all you can muster that's what you bring to the table um and then you just kind of meditate and invite them in sometimes you know oftentimes like the first time you do it if you're sensitive to that stuff it's like whoosh, your whole house is full right if you could just feel it haunted house or something you can feel the presence of something else so um, you just kind of feel that everybody's showed up. Um, sometimes different people come through. Sometimes it's like one or two people. But the more consistent you do it, I've actually kind of fallen out of practice a little bit since I've been moving around. Um, the more you do it, you know, the more it seems to be uh, accessible. Just like, you know, you learn to write, it's, it becomes easier. Yeah. But if you, so if you don't, if you didn't know them, you don't have any material possessions of theirs, like just a water and can, water and candle will work. Yeah. Yeah. Just a white candle and some spring water. Wow. If you really want to treat them, make them some coffee or, you know, make them a ham sandwich. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always save a little, if I'm making stew or something, I'll save a little bit. So if someone wanted to we lose a lot of pets in our lives, right? Yeah. Pets are definitely um, really important to us. Can we connect with those spiritually? Like, would they be around? Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're spirits in the world as well. A lot of them are big spirits. So they're our friends, right? So I would suggest if you want to do that, the work is similar. Leave food for them, you know, feed, feed your pets as well, you know. Um, they definitely stick with us. They're our watchers, you know? Yeah. There's so what would be like a sign that you could look out for? 
I had a cat named Sonny who passed and he was really hard-headed Leo like me, you know, and he, his, I don't know how, but I would get like three nails and like nail his portrait to the wall and he would just, it would just fly off the wall. Sometimes I could hear him, you know, just hear him around the house. Meow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's really uh, precious. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, look for signs of of however your cat was operating in the world already he was rambunctious and so he would break stuff um there's also you know dream work around that kind of thing if you want to meet with something or someone um i think prayer is a really good way to do that ask um before you go to bed you can really cultivate meetings through dreams um especially if you're good at being lucid in dreams um that's a great way oftentimes we dream of our pets and when i feel like most of the time when i dream of my pets there it's a visitation for the longest time i i would have dreams of um that particular cat sunny and he still pops up and we're just hanging the dream isn't about anything else you know we're just walking yeah. just the time to spend time together yeah, yeah just the time i mean i think that's like all when you're grieving a pet that's really like all you want right you don't have like a question you're trying to figure anything out it's just like the company yeah yeah exactly. yeah okay i hope that answers your question they're around you can still you can still get a hold of them. They're probably hungry and thirsty, just like everybody else. <laughs> um, can you go back and elaborate? So, like, when you tried to stop working with the tricksters, I just have more questions about that. So, like, were they posing problems for you, like in your life? Like, was weird stuff yeah, happening? When you when you experience like real possessions or something like that, when these things are working through you in the Buddha tradition, there's a lot of you get possessed and you feel great afterward. But I was getting you know, it was living through me in a way that it was just sucking my energy, just like everything else around me was at the time, you know? And so it, it feels like you're getting drained a little bit. And so what happened after that, there was just, there was a number of things. I mean, it was angry. And so, um, I, I don't want to go into specifics or whatever. It, that's where, that's where this kind of work does get dangerous. You need to know who you're working with, what you're working with, you know, set up your protections around your house. I should probably have better ones on hand, but I haven't been doing work like that in a long time to, I used to, I lived by a graveyard for a time when I was growing up and I would like go in my depressive states of being a teenager, I would go into these places and I was attracting things and they would like follow me around for oh. a time you know what I mean it was very like sixth sense creepy you know and I should have had better protections but I don't do work like that anymore for the most part I just I just help people find their way or whatever you know and I realized that the karma of that is greater than anything that you know any threat that's coming my way I actually my buddy made these like archetypical cards Every once in a while, I'll show, I have a little trick that I'll do uh, uh, where I can, if you have like an archetypical image or something like that, I can read it with my eyes closed, right? I feel it. And then I'm like, oh, that's a wave, right? I'm seeing this like wave and like there's a boat and I can like describe these images or whatever. Like and if I, I imagine an image, you can pick up on it. 
what you're saying? Um, yeah, I mean, if uh, sometimes, but it's more like if you uh, there's like a physical image. It's it's just like a dumb party trick. <laughs> Where if I, there's an image and I can't see it and I feel it, I'm like, it feels blue and red, whatever. Oh, that is crazy. Uh, we were playing with these archetypical images. We came up with this game. And so he made a set of like 70 some odd cards or something that's like a rabbit, a white rabbit, a doorway, right? Yeah. And we make up games with it where we're just playing. You make it up as you go. And I had been talking about the similar stuff. Um you know, when you're dealing with spirits, it's like you're dealing with devils, right? That's where the devils comes from. But Christianity made it this thing where the, it's the devil and it's bad, right? Um, but I was dealing with this one particular spirit for a while. And I had been talking about it that day. And I felt it like show up like, hey, like, what are you doing, right? And I got really scared. And so I we were playing this game and the devil kept showing up in my hand. This really like, you know, <laughs> and um, we made this game up where we were talking about like which archetypes would defeat these other archetypes. And I played the uh, somebody played the devil and I was like, well, I'm just going to trust that whatever I was having this really intense conversation with myself like trying to keep it on the level some double energy in the room right and he's like kind of threatening me a little bit um it was very subtle i was just kind of like going through it on my own but uh i learned through that because i was just like and then the sun popped up in my head i'm a sun sign right and so i threw down the sun card and i like won this like round it was very like nice uh nice like full circle situation that was going on internally and and then i really like did my research around it. And so I feel like the karma of just like being, being a light in the world is, is a good protection at large. Okay. So the doing, doing good, I think attracts more good. Right. And I think I'm doing good. I think I'm doing all right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. What were you asking? Yeah. So what's a specific story or like, is there someone that you really helped find their way or or heal them or give them some insight like through the mercury oracle uh there's i think there's a lot of people um i've never really like followed up that much but i will watch a lot of people's journeys on instagram and i see people enacting change um that we speak about or whatever like these like blind spots or these things that they're ignoring and that always makes me really happy um do i have a specific story about helping someone not necessarily nothing that i i feel i should share <laughs> you know what i mean uh, like, yeah that's it's okay all pretty, it's all pretty deeply personal whenever yeah but i think that i think that oftentimes i don't I'm not asked any questions or anything by whomever is 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 speaking with me and so I don't know what they I mean I can figure it out sometimes you know it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry oftentimes but it's like that's for other people to decide I think at the end of the day but I definitely have had a lot of like positive feedback um with that stuff I think that the people that come to mind most are probably, you know, when my family comes to me in, in need and, and needs a little bit of clarity and guidance. I think that's really rewarding for me that I'm able to help my friends and my family. Um, but yeah, I think there's gotta, there's a lot of people out there. Yeah, know? no, I'm sure you've helped people like just given them like 
a little kernel of an idea, you know, that has like grown blossomed, flowered. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard yeah. to track that kind of stuff. One one thing that does come to mind is I had a client and I taught him how to do the the foundational spirit work, um, set up altars and things like that. And he's like, holy, you know, the next time I talk to him, he's like, holy shit, like opened up a, you know, opened up a little whirlwind because that does, there's ways to open doors, right? And so I think that's always the funnest part for me is opening nice doors for people to to go through and explore and find themselves, find their own power. Cause I can only, I can only talk to people and, and it's like, I'm, I'm more of like a signpost, you know, at the end of the day, we're all in charge of what we actually do. So, you know, if someone does have like a healing situation, it's usually because they're doing the work, you know, I can say things that illuminate things that are like, Oh, wow. You know, lift a burden off someone's heart or something. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own work, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share or that you want people to leave after listening to this conversation, knowing or feeling or I feel like we've tickled the curiosity of listeners. Yeah. Uh, you got this, whoever you are, (laughs) you can do it. Uh, if you, can find me along the way. Um, you know, I'm always open to meeting with people. I'm, I love meeting interesting people doing interesting things. Um, I'm going to be traveling down the West coast. I'm on a train to Portland tonight. Yeah. Hit me up. Send me a, send me a DM slide into my DMs. We'll yeah. Talk. Okay. So oh. what, is, what is your Instagram? Where can people find you? It's I am dot N E E F F. I'm Neef. I'm dot Neef. Yeah. Okay, so they can DM you, like, are you on Twitter? What's your YouTube channel? It's coming out soon. YouTube channel is just Neef. The series is called The Mercurian Man. I am pretty active on Instagram over anything. I've got a TikTok. I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, keep a lookout. If you are really interested in securing a Mercury Oracle, there's a number that you can text and it is how I do my alert system because nobody reads spam emails, you know, uh, or emails anymore because of spam. I'm not going to spam you. So if you're really curious about following along and getting an Oracle, YouTube, Instagram, or you can text the word Oracle to 855-757-0511. Get out your phones, folks. You can also sign up for my email list. Um, That's through my website. Um, I'm neef.com. Yeah, there's lots, there's lots of ways to contact me and find me. Um, I'm making it my job to put myself everywhere very consistently. So hopefully you'll see me all over the place. That's good. Good accessibility. This turned into an infomercial real quick at the end, (laughs) but I loved it. Eight five five seven five seven oh five. Text the word Oracle to me now. Sometimes people get so like off, but some people are excited because they're like, "Yeah, I want to text." You know, that's like the best way to do it. But other times, I'm like, "There's this number that you can text." And I'm like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Yeah, like you should get a QR code too or something and like put it on stickers, throw it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did that actually, and then that was the only thing that I forgot to bring on my journey. So I got to do that again. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for being on and sharing um, your journey. I think people are going to be really interested in following along with you as this is only the beginning. Yeah. Good <laughs> it was nice to meet you. Yeah, it was nice to meet you too. Okay, everyone, we'll be back next week with more Bitter Today.